0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Local Legends with Lark Farley. I'm your host Lark. A little bit about the podcast if you're new here, every Sunday I share with you all stories that took place in my small hometown Brown County in Indiana. These stories range from true crime to the paranormal and everywhere in between. If you'd like to share your own hometown stories, you can email me at locallegendswithlark at gmail.com. As always, all of the articles used in today's episode are linked in the description should you like to check them out for yourself. Now, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to give some announcements. First off, you might have noticed that we have a new intro and outro to the podcast. I am so thankful to Aaron Marshall for creating such a beautiful piece that perfectly sums up the vibe of this podcast. You can check out him and his music on Spotify by searching Aaron Marshall. I highly recommend checking out his music. He does an amazing job and has amazing work. I will have a link to his Spotify in the description as well should you want to check him out. And then secondly, I wanted to let you guys all know that there will be no new episode airing on Sunday, October 3rd. I'll be out of town and traveling that week. So again, that's October 3rd. There will be no new episode of the podcast. Just a heads up. All right, let's get into it. So today's episode is a case update, and I love doing case updates because... Well, for several reasons. Firstly being that means that a case, a true crime case has been solved or it has a um, movement because honestly, researching and reading and talking about cold cases is for me just like always so hard because there's all these unanswered questions and the victim and the victim's family don't get justice and they don't get answers. And so it can feel really disheartening knowing that this person's life was taken and there are still no answers as to who did it. So this is a case update from a previous episode titled Body Discovered in Brown County. I'm not going to get into the details of it. If you haven't listened to that episode, please do so, because the rest of this episode won't make any sense to you. So check that out. It only is like 20 minutes long, and then once you finish that episode, come back and start this one because we're going to be talking about Angela Weishit. Now, very briefly, if you don't remember, Angela Weishit's body was discovered on November of 2020 in Brown County. There was no ties as to why she could be in Brown County, what would have made her come to Brown County. Her family weren't aware that she was going to Brown County. Like, there, there was nothing to go off of. There also were no drugs in her system, cause that's another thing. So Brown County is a small population town, 1500, and it's a rural town. And part of that is that it has a huge drug problem. Meth, especially. So I think a lot of people just kind of toss this case aside thinking that, oh, it was just a drug deal gone wrong or she just had a drug overdose. That's not the case. She didn't have any drugs in her system. And so, We did the episode, and honestly, after the episode, I just, and I think I even said in the podcast episode, I felt like this was going to be another perfect example of a cold case. One in which we had no answers, that Angela's murderer would never be found, and we would never know what happened to Angela. But I was wrong. Not only was it solved, it's been solved very quickly. Like, they have two people, two people responsible for Angela Weishitz's murder that have been convicted. Those charges have been filed. And it happened so quickly. It's a, a year and some months later, and this case has been solved a little under a year and some months later, and it's been solved. So kudos to the team and the investigators that were a part of this case. They really did a phenomenal job in acting very quickly and solving it very quickly. And... If you look back through Brown County's history, you know, as we've seen in previous episodes that I've covered, there's been quite a few bodies that have been discovered in Brown County throughout the years, spanning from, you know, the earliest accounts I could find from like the 60s up until currently with Angela. And so it's very exciting that there has been this push and all of this activity done to help these victims and the victims' families have answers in justice and for justice to be served. So shout out to the investigators again and the police team in Brown County and the Indianapolis State Police that were very active in this case as well for solving this and getting us all answers as to what happened to Angela. So before I get into it, this is an article that was published from the Brown County Democrat on September 2nd titled, "Arrest Made an Investigation of Woman Found Murdered in Brown County. Police arrested two Indianapolis residents yesterday in connection to the murder of a woman whose body was found in Brown County last fall. Indiana State Police announced on September 2nd that Paul S. Fox, 64, and Candy Lopez Ortega, age 28, had been arrested in connection with the murder of 38-year-old Angela Weishit, also of Indianapolis. Fox was booked into the Brown County Jail on a Level 1 felony murder charge, and Lopez Ortega was arrested for assisting a criminal, a Level 5 felony. Both were booked as of September 1st. Lopez Ortega bonded out of jail the same day after posting 10% of a $60,000 bond. Fox is being held in the jail on no bond at this time. Brown County Prosecutor Ted Adams said that though arrests have been made, charges have not been formally filed. They have now, though however, and that the investigation is ongoing with the state police. Weishitz's body was discovered by a deer hunter under a bridge near the intersection of Bell and B. Blossom Roads on November 21st, 2020. Detectives Tim Cummins and Ian Matthews from Indiana State Police Bloomington Post, along with the troops and the ISP SWAT team, served search warrants in Indianapolis on September 1st. That investigation led to the arrests and pending charges for Fox and Lopez Ortega. The Indiana State Police was assisted by the Brown County Sheriff's Department, Brown County Prosecutor's Office, and the Indianapolis Metro Police Department. Homicide Division. At the time Weishitz's body was found, Coroner Earl Piper said it was obvious that by looking at the body, the death was not an accident or a suicide, nor was it drug related. The exact cause of death has not been officially released and will not until the investigation is no longer active. So that is all the details that we have right now. There have been no updates, and the police and investigation team are being very tight-lipped about the motive and how Angela died. Because keep in mind, we don't know. We don't know what the cause of death in Angela's case is. We've never known. We know that she was found, and that it was very traumatizing for the deer hunter, but we don't know how she died, what was the cause. And they're being extremely tight-lipped about it. So it's very interesting. I I imagine maybe it's it might be more on the brutal side since the coroner said that it was obvious and just by looking at the body that it was not a death by an accident or suicide. I don't know, there could be it's going to be very interesting to continue to follow this case as you know that I will and share with you what happens. I'm really intrigued by how these two party Lopez and Fox are tied into it. And also, like, what led the investigators to Fox and Lopez? Like, what was at the site? What was on her body? Like, what led to them being like, no, we're gonna search the search warrant? And then they got the search warrant right, and I assumed searched the place that Fox and Lopez were staying and found evidence that Angela had maybe been there or was killed there. It's, it's just very interesting. And, you know, I was a local of Brown County for many, many years, like I've mentioned before. And there is this, um, murmurs from locals that the reason that so many bodies over the years have been discovered in Brown County is that people from Indianapolis come to Brown County to dump those bodies and they dump them in Brown County because it is a rural area. And as part of a rural area, typically the police departments and police teams are a lot smaller, right? So then I think that these people assume that because of that. It's a small rural town, so maybe the chances of the body being discovered quickly are very, very minimal, while also makes it harder for when the body, let's say, is discovered, like in Angela's case, to create the ties of what would have tied Angela there, because it seems like that the only thing that had Angela there was that her body was dumped there. Right. And so I think a lot of people just assume that because of Brown County's small, Brown County's rural, Brown County's police and task forces are also small, that then they're going to have a lot of harder time solving these cases. But what we're seeing is that's not the case. Uh, Brown County police department has done a really good job recently in the recent years of being very proactive and very active in working with other departments that are much bigger than themselves right so like the indiana state police like that is a that is the state police for the state right and they have a lot of resources and a lot of you know departments under them that they have a lot of access to that maybe brown county police department wouldn't and so it's really great that the brown county police department is being so proactive in working with people outside of themselves to get these cases solved and to get these criminals behind bars and the victims, like I said, families, uh, some justice here. And so I will keep you all updated as the story grows. I just wanted to quickly do this episode because this literally just broke a few days ago. And so I'm sure within the next month or two, once they kind of like formally get all these uh, th- motions filed and the trial set, that will be very interesting to see what happens to see. I assume that the trial will take place in Brown County as that was where Angela's body was discovered. And typically in that type of instance, it would be under Brown County jurisdiction. So I'll be very interested to see how that all. Goes, what is said, the, the story, right? Like, I'm very interested in the story of the whos and the hows and the whys, and we are almost gonna be able to get there. And this is something that I did not, like I said, think I would ever be able to share with you. I did not think in my lifetime that this case would be solved. I just assumed it would be like many, many other victims' stories in Brown County, bodies discovered, and they have no idea. So I am so. I don't know what's the right word to say. I'm not happy, obviously, because Angela's died and life, her life was taken, and it's awful, but I am happy in that there is someone at fault here, and that those two parties, those two people were found, and are behind bars currently. So I will be interested to see what happens again. I will be sure to keep you updated the minute the Brown County Democrat releases anything, or I'm able to find anything on what is happening currently with this case. I will share it with you. But that is it for this week. Next week's episode will be the first episode in the Bigfoot series, which if you're new here and you might not know that I'm obsessed with Bigfoot, my favorite cryptid. Do I believe in Bigfoot? No, but I love Bigfoot lore. I love Bigfoot stories. And lo and behold, Brown County pulled through for your girl and has quite the plethora of Bigfoot stories. So I'm going to be sharing those with you. So I'm going to do a two-part series, much like I did the UFO sighting series. This is the Bigfoot series. will be two parts. First part's going to be stories and articles I was able to find from the Brown County Democrats. So these were actually published in the newspaper, you all. Okay. And I'm going to be sharing those. So those are like official publications from the Brown County Democrat, as well as I was able to find the site that kind of listed some Bigfoot sightings. So I'm going to read what I can find from there on top of a police report of a Bigfoot sighting. You heard that right. A Bigfoot sighting in a police report. So I'm going to be breaking that all down with you all and sharing that with you. The second part of this series, which will air on the week of the 9th, because again, taking a break on October 3rd, no new episode, continuing the series part two for Bigfoot on October 9th, that weekend. The part two will be about personal stories of Bigfoot. These are people that I know have talked to, these are people that have shared with me their stories. So while they might not be have published in the newspaper per se, these are stories that I have heard from the lips of the people themselves. Now, for privacy reasons, I will not be sharing the names. I will not be sharing if they have any relation to me. These will just be stories that I have collected over the years and will be sharing with you. So that will be part two. In the meantime, you know, stay safe, stay hydrated, and I will talk to y'all. Next week. Bye. Bye.